Part two, death, the multiverse, and our simulated reality. So, now you know reality is a simulation. Now you know that your consciousness, your immortal consciousness, is non-locally controlling the avatar biological body you call yourself. Now let's talk about the illusion of death and the shifting of your consciousness between various multiverses. Here goes. Okay, so in every simulated game, the character you play as, your avatar, is in a sense immortal. So during gameplay, your character could encounter a villain and then appear to die on screen, but only to be reloaded and gameplay to resume from your last save point. So, for example, in the game Super Mario Brothers, let's say you're dashing to the flag at the end of a level and you encounter a villain and are killed. You don't have to delete the entire game. You don't have to go and buy a new hard copy. Instead, you're simply returned to a safe point within the game, typically right before your encounter with, with whatever killed you. Same with our reality. Our reality is infinitely more complex than a game like Super Mario Brothers or any game that we could even imagine or create in our civilization right now. It is a quantum game happening in a quantum, in a sort of very complex quantum computer. And when you die in one multiverse, the computer transfers your consciousness to a parallel version of yourself that exists as a probability until your consciousness is transferred into it. In a world, in a parallel world or parallel multiverse, wherein your persona, your avatar, survived whatever killed you in the previous multiverse you were transferred from. Now, I'm not arguing that you are the only multiverse traveler. I'm not arguing that you are the only consciousness, not at all. What I'm saying is various multiverses are existing right now with different conscious beings controlling different personas or similar personas to the people that you encounter right now. And so this 
part, this section of episode four is really going to delve in deep into that. We're going to talk about save points. We're going to talk about parallel selves. We're going to talk about other people, con- the consciousness rather of other beings embodying the persona that you identify as yourself in a parallel multiverse. This is going to be a fun chapter, so stay with me, okay? You ready? Okay, let's go. I want you to think of each parallel multiverse as a realm similar to that that you would find in a game like World of Warcraft. Now, if you're not familiar with the video game World of Warcraft, I would implore you to just Google MMORPG Warcraft and you'll see a very brief explanation of the video game and its realms. Okay? So realms are called realms, but are also called servers. And they're called servers in reference to the physical hardware in this reality that houses or holds the virtual reality in the form of a software that players of the game, subscribers of the game, play in. Okay? So in every World of Warcraft game, they there are... Whenever you download the game into your computer, you're presented with a myriad of different realms to, to, to choose from, to play in, right? And it's you get to choose one realm out of a hundred. And you're not bound to any particular realm. You can create various characters and put them in different realms or servers. But it's advised that just so you can communicate with each of your characters, should you need to, each of your personas, that you play only in one realm. Okay. Now, if you ever do get tired of playing in that realm or if that realm gets overpopulated, you can request a realm transfer from Blizzard and they'll transfer your avatar to a new realm or a new server. So I want you to think of when I discuss or I talk about parallel multiverses, I want you to to look at parallel multiverses the way you would look at a realm in the, the video game World of Warcraft. At any given point in time, there are similar events happening across all realms. So there's a fair, for example, called the Dark Moon Fair. And in all the servers, the Dark Moon Fair happens at the same time across all servers. The only thing that's different, of course, is that the conscious the consciousness of the people who are inhabiting each realm. So for example, let's say I'm playing World of Warcraft and my neighbor is playing World of Warcraft as well. Though we are living in proximity right next to each other, if he decides to play in one realm and I choose to play in in another realm, because it's two different servers, we will never interact with each other. Same thing with a parallel 
multiverse. If I decide to upload my consciousness to the persona Anna in this multiverse, and then let's say my best friend in the world outside of this one, in the world outside of our simulated reality, decides that they want to play in a different parallel multiverse, I will never interact with her within this reality construct. Now, it's a lot that I'm throwing at you, but I I promise you it becomes simpler, right? Just setting up the premise for you. I want you to think of each of our parallel multiverses as its own self-contained quantum server. Just like the realms in World of Warcraft are their own servers. And then the collection of those servers would be called a, a blade server. And so the collection of our quantum multiverses or parallel multiverses would be called a universe. So of many multiverses, one universe, a pluribus unum, of many, one. Now it is said that there is an infinite amount of multiverses, some that are occurring right now, some that are occurring as mere probabilities, all happening at this present moment. Okay? So I want you to note the technological differences between a game like Super Mario Brothers and a game like World of Warcraft. When you die in a game like Super Mario Brothers, it's just you playing, so the game reloads for just you. Whereas when you die, in a game like World of Warcraft, the whole game doesn't wait for you. Everybody keeps playing. In fact, other subscribers have to essentially, if they're playing alongside you and you're killed in a battle, for example, they have to wait for you to find your body and resurrect, right? So the difference between dying in Mario and dying in Warcraft is that Since Mario is the only character in the game controlled by conscious mind, you, when Mario dies, the entire Mario universe resets. Whereas since Warcraft is a multiplayer game with millions of others playing simultaneously, the world doesn't stop when your avatar dies. And you have to endure the mild inconvenience of trekking back to your body from the graveyard to resurrect close to your bones. Now, let's tie it all together and talk about what happens when you die in our simulated reality in one multiverse. You can't resurrect in this reality, right? Because one of the rules of our reality is that once you die to everybody conscious, that's it. The purpose of the game is to simulate mortality, to simulate death, at least to the conscious mind, to simulate an end. But with every game, like I stated, you get chances 
to continue and accidents happen. So if your objective of one game, if you're the if the objective of your life is to give it some sort of meaning to to obtain something, a goal, and you slip and fall and you can't and you die and it's not something that has anything to do with the attaining of the game. I should say with the attaining of your goal. You don't have to reset your whole entire existence back to age one or to your date of birth or to your first memory. Instead, you go back to a save point, the closest safe save point close to whatever it was that killed you on that particular day. And then you shift multiverses You shift your consciousness to a multiverse where you avoid whatever it is that killed you. Now, I've mentioned save points a couple of times so far, and you're probably thinking, what are save points in our reality? Well, I'm going to draw similarities between the human body and your cell phone, okay? So just as your body is an organic machine, it's an avatar that you use to experience reality in this simulation, your cell phone is similarly an inorganic machine used to experience a virtual reality that we call the internet. No matter how fond you are of your cell phone, no matter how long or how many hours you spend surfing on the web, and no matter how much of it can sometimes feel like it's an extension of you, you know in some part of your mind that it's simply a tool and nothing more. It's not you. By that same logic, I would like you to view your own body as a sort of reality surfing tool. Other similarities between your body and your phone is that they both cannot operate more than a few hours without needing to be recharged. And while your phone needs to be connected to a power source to charge, Your body and brain kind of generates its own power, though it does need to be powered down for a minimum of six to eight hours in a sleep mode that we call sleep. Most of us typically do this at night, typically sleep at night. And while humans are recharging their bodies, they're often also recharging their cell phones. And while their cell phones recharge, The data accumulated throughout that particular day is then backed up and uploaded to their cloud storage system. As you sleep, your mind and your experiences of that day, since the last time you went to sleep, to recharge is also being backed up off-world to a quantum cloud storage system. Right? So... Let me say that again. While you are sleeping, particularly when you enter into a REM sleep cycle, your experiences of that day is backed up to an off-world quantum cloud storage device, much in the same way as that of your cell phone. This is to ensure that all your cumulative experiences are stored and saved. Should anything happen to the body, your consciousness is presently operating in this present multiverse that you're existing in now. 
This is why your body is programmed to be unable to go without sleep past a certain amount of days. This is to avoid psychosis on a physical level, but also to ensure gameplay continuity. This is also how a reality safe point is created. Stay with me here. I'll explain a little bit more. When your cell phone breaks, so long as you've backed up your data consistently, you should be able to seamlessly transfer data from the cloud system to a new phone. Same thing with when you die. If the body your consciousness is presently occupying were to die, the total sum of your entire life experience is simply transferred via an off-world quantum storage cloud storage system to the mind of a parallel version of you in a parallel multiverse. Your consciousness is placed into that body at the last save point or the last time you slept and then backed up and then the backed up data of your life experiences is uploaded to this new multiverse in which you survived whatever killed you in the parallel reality you just died in. This new parallel reality existed as a probability until your consciousness inhabited it. Now you're arguing, hmm, why can't I just return to the same reality I just died in? Because as I said, stated earlier, continuity. You're not the only conscious being in this entire multiverse. The one of the rules of this reality is that we are simulating mortality. And so when you die in one multiverse, you die to all the subscribers in that realm, in that server. You appear to die. That's part of the illusion. Think of it as a very, very advanced version of World of Warcraft. The game continues to go on. Other people will carry out their storylines in that particular parallel multiverse you just died in with your death now being a fixed point in their reality. And your consciousness will simply be transferred to a parallel reality or parallel realm on a different server. So if World of Warcraft was like our reality and you died in the game, well, to the people who were playing with you, that'd be the end of you. And then you would simply shift to a server to a new server where you didn't die. Now, of course, they only have, I believe, hundreds. Not, I don't think they're up to thousands yet on World of Warcraft games. So they can only do that so much before you start to run out of servers. But in this reality, because the main objective in our reality is mortality and the appearance of or the illusion of mortality, that is the purpose of the game. So it's important for continuity to be upheld that death is finite. That's the end. But since it's not, your consciousness simply resets to your last safe point, your last point where you slept, and then you're transferred to a new place.
here's an example. Let's say today I woke up and I decided to go for a swim at the beach. And while swimming, I was attacked and killed by a shark. In this reality, my persona is pronounced dead. They saw my body die. They saw my body get destroyed by the shark. I can't return to a dead body. Consciousness cannot exist in a destroyed body. My consciousness is backed up. This off-site server. All my past experiences and memories become instantaneously transferred to a parallel multiverse wherein I didn't go to the beach that day or the shark narrowly misses me or I'm attacked but I'm not killed. Depends on which reality holds a version of my persona that is both presently uninhabited by another being's consciousness and is also best compatible with my backed up past experiences up until that particular point. All of this is determined instantaneously by the artificial intelligence that controls our world, that controls our simulated reality. Now, I just mentioned that consciousness can only be transferred to a probable reality where my persona is not presently inhabited by another being's consciousness. And you're probably saying, well, what do I mean by that? I thought that I own every person, every persona in every multiverse that looks like the person I see in the mirror now. So for example, my name is Anna and I'm Anna in this multiverse. So if I die in this multiverse, then I should be able to shift into any Anna that I want to exist in, in any probable multiverse, and any probable parallel reality, correct? Well, no. Let me explain why. Quantum physicists will tell you that there are an infinite amount of parallel multiverses, and thus an infinite, an infinite supply of your persona, the face in the mirror, etc. That said, you are only one consciousness, right? There's just one of your true self. To put it in another way, you're the only soul belonging to you. There's just one soul of you, if you want to equate consciousness to a soul. So think of those infinite versions of your personas in the infinite parallel worlds as a fleet of red jeeps and a car lot. All red jeeps are almost completely identical, but you, the driver, can only operate one vehicle at a time, one red jeep at a time. So if you go and buy and then you crash one red jeep, of course you can go back to the dealership to the lot and to buy another similar one, same make, model, color, etc. But some of the cars, some of those other red Jeeps may have already been sold to other buyers. Same concept, but of course with a quantum twist. Your body's DNA is called code for a reason. It's a precise set of instructions that create the body machine that you call a persona. But while it may be unique 
to you in this reality, while maybe yours, it is not unique to the entire multiverse and it is not owned by your consciousness. You're just a subscriber. You're just the driver. You're not the creator. You could say it is the intellectual property of the entities that programmed and created this world. So, just like your red Jeep is your car, you didn't create or engineer or manufacture or design the Jeep. Chrysler did. You simply chose it and bought it. The VIN number may be unique to you and shows ownership of that particular Jeep, but others can also purchase and drive the same or similar vehicle. Identical almost to a T. So remember how I said that you have to disassociate your consciousness from identifying as the persona you see in the mirror? This is why I said that. Let's use another example. Your iPhone. Your iPhone in your hand right now may be your iPhone with a serial number engraved on it. But there are others with the same exact phone of course, modified with different apps, with different wallpapers, with different cases, with a screen protector, whatever. So when your phone dies or is destroyed or even stolen, you can't transfer your data to just any iPhone that's presently owned by someone else, for example. You have to transfer it to a phone that isn't presently being used. Same with when you die. When you die, you get transferred to a parallel reality where your persona is presently uninhabited by another person's consciousness. That's right. In a parallel world somewhere, in a parallel universe, the person you see when you look in the mirror is being controlled by another person's consciousness, by another entity's consciousness. Sure, the storylines might be similar, depending on who's playing you or playing as you. It might be also be identical to the backed up set of data that, and reality experiences to aid in continuity of your, of your storyline. But you do not own your body. You do not own your DNA. You're simply a subscriber. Now, you're asking, what about the personas of, the, of my loved ones? What about people... I leave behind in, in the parallel multiverse in which I died? What about the consciousness inhabiting the personas of the people that I care about in my new parallel reality? Will they be able to tell? Will I? Well, your loved ones in the reality you transferred from, the reality in which your persona died, will of course mourn your loss. Either because they're not aware that you've simply transferred realities, transferred multiverses, or simply because they'll miss you. Or both, of course. You, for the most part, will go on in your new reality, mostly completely unaware that anything has changed. That's part of the allure of the game. It's part of the continuity. You just probably end up thinking, hmm, well, that was a lucky scrape or I narrowly avoided that near-death experience 
but you're completely unaware of your quantum transference to a parallel multiverse. But you will, after that near-death experience, notice slight differences in the personalities of your loved ones. And they will, of course, note the same differences in you as well. They might dismiss your personality changes as a consequence of your newfound lease on life, perhaps. And you might attribute their changes as maybe relief that you survived. But you're different to them because the new body that your consciousness is now inhabiting was once controlled not by a conscious being, but by an artificial intelligence. Yep. At one time, the body that you presently, that you would, I should say, inhabit, the new body in the parallel multiverse, was simply an NPC, a non-playable character, operating on the default setting controlled by the artificial intelligence that controls the world. What do I mean by that? Well, simple. If you're familiar with an NPC, in every video game, in any virtual reality simulation, in any game, there are characters that are created and controlled by you, your consciousness, and then there are characters that are created and controlled by the computer, by the game. So if you play a fighting game, and say you want to play just one player, you can play against the computer, and the computer controls the character that you fight. That is called an NPC. It's a it's, it's computer-operated persona. Now, say your brother walks in and decides he wants to play with you. That, that character that was once controlled by the computer will now behave differently now that it's being controlled by the consciousness of your brother through the controllers in the game. It's the same concept. And as for your loved ones, they are the physical representations of the loved ones left behind, of course, but the conscious entities operating them, operating their bodies, operating their personas would be entirely different from those in the parallel reality that you transferred from. Or they could themselves be the AI, non-playable characters. Reality you transferred your consciousness from will still go on. And I could argue that perhaps your loved ones might decide, depending on the availability of personas in your new multiverse, that they might want to transfer and come along with you. That is when they unplug from this reality while we're sleeping. That's right. You want to know what happens while we're sleeping? Well, I know a lot of us think that for eight hours we're just lying there, consciousness locked in our bodies. And I'm here to tell you that that's not what's going on. In every game, you need a break, right? My argument is that for those eight hours that you sleep, you are not trapped in your body. Your consciousness is not bound to your body asleep in your bed. 
the real you unplugs from your body, experiences the real, real world, the non-simulated reality with your real friends and your real family. Not saying that the people that you call friends and family now aren't. They very well could be, right? If you play any video game, more than likely you're playing with people you know, with your friends and family and the like. But for those six to eight hours that you sleep or whatever you take a nap, you're temporarily logging out of our reality that we call life, the simulated reality. And you're experiencing that civilization, the non-human entity that I spoke of in part two, where there's peace and no war and no famine, that world. We toggle back and forth between the two worlds and others. You also control other personas. That's right. When you look in the mirror, that person that you now are going to look and go, I know that's not me. Just like you can have more than one cell phone, just like you can have more than one vehicle, you can have more than one persona. You can play as more than one person, as more than one character, and you can exist in more than one time zone. So I could be playing as Anna in 2018, and then when I go to bed tonight, I could log off, let my body persona recharge back up my data in this reality and then transfer my consciousness into the persona of an ancient Egyptian and live that reality, that simulation. Something to think about. Now I know this has been a very long episode today. And we've covered a lot, covered a lot of ground. So over the next few episodes, I hope to expound upon the concepts that we talked on, we touched on briefly today in the show. So please feel free to subscribe and stay tuned. If you have any questions, as always, you can email me at anamoli, A-N-N-A-M-O-L-I, at fastmail.com. Subscribe, stay tuned. And tune in to the next episode of The Dark Oracle's Guide to the Multiverse. Thanks for listening. Take care.